The one nice thing that the lockdown has done, it's made us think very differently about things and made us approach things very differently. And it's also made us aware of a lot of different things uh, that we could otherwise have done without. We, we're finding these days, no, 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 we don't, we don't have to do with that. We don't have to go shopping every single day or have to be in a mall every single day. We can do that once a week. So um, this also sort of pertains to our health. And uh, this evening we'll be chatting to Neil Kinsley, who's the CEO at Medici South Africa. So it's no secret that things have changed. And uh, thanks to the onset of COVID-19 and subsequent living and working restrictions for many, uh, this has been a great time of great reflection and innovation for others. It has brought fear as they face radical change uh, and are pushed from their comfort zone. And yes, I think uh, this is the the big problem. Neil, a very good evening to you and welcome to Cape Talk. Good evening, Dan, and thank you for having me. It's uh, great to be with you. Neil, a lot of people these days have become so much aware. I'm a diabetic and I've actually become so much more aware. I was incredibly aware before COVID-19, but I've just, that has just heightened to a completely different level in terms of me having a comorbidity and, you know, um, all the other things and high blood pressure and, you know, you have cardiac problems and things like that. Talk to us about telehealth because this seems to be one of the things where people with comorbidities actually don't want to venture out or people even who don't have comorbidities don't want to venture out of the house unnecessarily. So telehealth seems to be an incredible um, way of dealing with this. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, uh, pre-COVID, telehealth was around for, for a long time already. Um, I mean, I think there's a perception that telehealth is very new and um, it's only really been discovered. I mean, the truth be told, I guess, uh, telehealth is probably as old as the telephone um, because it really is. It's, it's really just the, the extension of care, you know, between a patient and a doctor where they're not in the same room. Um, and, you know, d- d- practitioners have been doing this for, for a long time, you know, even though, you know, not in a formalized kind of structure. Um, and, you know, really pre-COVID, um, the demand for healthcare services has been outstripped by the supply of providers. And, I mean, I guess that's a, that's a fairly sweeping and general statement. And there is a, a caveat to it, and that is, it, you know, so long as we continue to provide care on a one-on-one basis um, in an office at a given time when a patient and provider are available together, um, you will always have this undersupply. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very inefficient way of doing things if you think about it because, you know, in other services that we consume on a daily basis, I'd argue that probably 99% of them are provided with some kind of hybrid personal digital experience, you know, that people have become used to and they enjoy. Um, and we've just been a little bit slow in adopting that on the healthcare side. It really was with COVID, and as you've directly mentioned, that Telemedicine suddenly became not a nice to have, but became a necessity. Mm. And I think a lot of providers out there that were curious before um, were pushed into it and suddenly realized that this was an opportunity to be able to extend healthcare and still practice social distancing in a, in a safe and responsible manner. Um, and, and that's exactly as you said it, 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 it. You know, people have become more aware of telemedicine. They've become more aware of the benefits of telemedicine. Um, and I mean, we have seen an exponential increase in usage. I mean, if I, you know, to the, yeah. uh, the, the tune of a you know, sort of a thousand four hundred percent increase in, in virtual consultations. Mm. Why is it necessary for us to move 
um, you know, into the realm of telehealth rather than um, the sort of more traditional visit to the doctor. As a matter of fact, my doctor sent me a WhatsApp message today saying, hey, are you okay? So I'm wondering whether he is telling me, um, you know, are you just okay or <laughs> or you need another visit to the doctor? Well, it's so interesting that you've now raised that point because you've just brought up a an example of telehealth. Mm. Um, your doctor used WhatsApp. It is a social media platform, but it, albeit it is still a, a, a form of telemedicine. He is just checking up on you. And you've probably answered the question, why is it necessary? Well, it was necessary because it was a follow-up. You didn't necessarily need to see him in his rooms. Um, you didn't need to expose yourself to, to, to the consulting room, obviously, and you were able to deal with that on a remote basis. Now, there are a number of examples like that. Um, I might need a, a refill of a script, for example. Yeah. Um, I might need a malaria tablet, for example. Um, generally, virtual care is done between practitioner and a, and a patient where there is a known history. Um, and, you know, I, and, and there's a pre-existing history between the two of us, and I know my doctor. So you, you sort of answered the question there because there are so many of those examples um, where I, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you the best example. I'm, I'm the father of eight-year-old twins. And if anybody understands um, having to put two kids with tonsillitis into the back <laughs> yes. of the car and take them to a doctor, it's me. And that is a great example where, where telemedicine has really just been so efficient um, in bringing myself and my doctor together. It, it allows me to get care from my doctor on the day that I need it in the most practical and efficient way possible. Chatting to Neil Kinsley, who's the Medici Africa CEO this evening, we're chatting about telehealth, and telehealth is just nothing else but using a particular platform, be it the telephone, uh, be it a social media platform, to stay in contact with your patients and uh, uh, stay abreast of everything. For instance, if you need a repeat on your uh, diabetes medicine or your high blood pressure medicine, you don't have to specifically go into a doctor and see a doctor, but it is necessary from time to time to actually go and see the the doctor uh, if if you feel uh, you know uncomfortable so if you have used telehealth or if you have an example of telehealth you're more than welcome to call us on 0214460567 or if you have a question for neil you can also send us a whatsapp to 0725671567 who can practice telehealth is it just across the board is it a specific um, sort of uh, you know niche market can i can i can i call a specialist for instance or is it just a gp no, I mean, we have seen um, every discipline use uh, telehealth. And, and admittedly, not everybody has, um, has benefited from the bounty, I must admit, because, you know, you have, for an example, an ophthalmologist, for example, who does, you know, he needs to go to his office because he's using certain machines. But um, in the behavioral um, disciplines, I mean, we have seen up to 80 to 90% increase in consultations. The point should be made, however, that, Virtual care will never take you know, the place or replace a face-to-face consultation, and it's never meant to. Um, I think it, you know, the idea is that at, you know, pre-COVID, we really had one channel of, of healthcare delivery, and that was go to your doctor's consulting room, and that's how, really how you get your, your healthcare delivery. Uh, you know, when COVID came in and everybody went under lockdown, um, virtual care suddenly became the polar opposite, and that became the single channel, which is also not good. I think we're now at a crossroads where, um, you know, in terms of virtual care and the clinical environment, we're now having to decide how do we, you know, what hybrid uh, model do we bring in that we can start working with 
both both digital and personal. But generally, you know, we, we're able to see um, uh, every discipline uh, use telemedicine, um, some just for follow-ups, some just for what you say, um, you know, how are you doing? I, I think one of the things that, that telemedicine has brought to the fore is the fact that um, sometimes social media platforms are not the most appropriate uh, because there's obviously a clinical and a data yeah. integrity issue around this. So um, uh, my company, for example, Medici, we place a lot of emphasis on data security and um, ensuring that the patient and the provider knows who has access to that data, et cetera. And, you know, probably pre-COVID, there were sort of three or four platforms in, in South Africa. I would tell you right now, they're probably close to 20. So it's an exciting time. Yeah. Uh, things have changed. There's so much technology that is happening right now. And I think where we're going to find ourselves in the future is that we're going to start combining the telemedicine platforms and the AI chatbot kind of solutions uh, just to provide slick, fantastic experiences for patients. So how, how safe are these platforms to use for patients? Um, how, how safe is it for me, for instance, to call my doctor or to use a particular platform like WhatsApp or any other social media platform to engage in a Zoom meeting with my doctor or a, a sort of WhatsApp video call with my doctor? How safe is, is, is that particular platform and how secure uh, how sort of, um, you know, uh, can I be at ease when I'm chatting to my doctor to know that this information that I'm giving him is going to be confidential and safe by using these platforms? So, I mean, that is probably one of the first issues that any patient and provider should consider when, when looking into telemedicine. Um, you know, ease of use is certainly one thing. And, you know, it in the environment right now, we're having to balance that need for data security and ease of use at the same time. But you cannot uh, at any point uh, disregard the fact that clinical and data security has got to be top of the list in, in making a decision as to what solution you're going to use. I mean, my personal opinion has always been that business and social media platforms are not made for the clinical exchange of data. And one should rather go for one of the um, platforms that are specific out there that do comply to HIPAA regulations, for example, and Poppy, um, where that data is properly secured. I mean, we've heard of horror stories of, of business solutions that have been hacked, etc. Um, there was a case in the U.S. not too long ago where a, um, a beauty clinic, a plastic surgery clinic, had been hacked and uh, the information had been had, you know, had been tampered with. And, you know, those are the kind of things that you want to avoid. So, you know, we have always um, said that rather move on to a platform that has been certified and you know, the, you know, the data integrity of, of the clinical data that you're exchanging. Chatting to Neil Kinsley, the Medici Africa CEO this evening. We're chatting about telehealth. And if you have used telehealth, uh, and especially where people are now during the COVID-19 lockdown period, um, you know, with comorbidities and you have been too scared to go out and even too scared to go and see your doctor uh, and you've called your doctor and say, hey, doctor, you know, I've got this pain in my chest or um, my leg is paining over here and the doctor's giving you some great advice. Give us a call. We'd like to hear those stories on 0214460567 or on 0725671567. So, Neil, how, how easy or how difficult is telehealth for the patient? Oh, it's, uh, it's unbelievably easy. I think if you've, um, if you've used WhatsApp, WhatsApp, you can use telemedicine. And, and, and I should also mention, you know, telemedicine comes in various forms. Um, it can be the form of a phone call like this. 
um, text is, is very popular. Um, and I think people, you know, people are used to WhatsApp. And for a long time, and, you know, you, you can probably ask any provider out there. Um, nine out of ten of them have been, uh, re, you know, a patient has reached out to their provider at some point or other, either on email or, or SMS or WhatsApp. And there, there are a couple of problems with that, of course. Um, you know, there's a clinic, you know, that data needs to be stored. You probably need to have your doctor's personal cell number for that. There are a whole bunch of myriad, myriad of problems that go with that. Um, but it's extremely easy. You know, um, the tech has just increased so much and, and got so much better in the last couple of months, in fact that has become so much easier. Um, and besides data uh, security, ease of use has got to, probably got to be second on the list. But yeah, very, very easy. Uh, video platforms are out there. Text platforms are out there. Uh, we prefer video and text and call because not everybody needs a video call. Um, the other problem with a video call, of course, is that patient and doctor have to be available at the same time. Yeah. So the care has to be synchronous. Um, the next step in, in, in virtual care is asynchronous care, which is what you experience today. Yeah. Your doctor reached out to you and said, then how are you feeling? That's asynchronous care. You didn't need to be available at the same time. Um, and that just, that just opens up so many opportunities for practitioners to extend care to so many more patients on a daily basis. One of the greatest drawbacks, and um, I don't know whether the medical aid schemes have actually sort of embraced this whole thing of telehealth uh, for both the practitioner and, and the patient, is obviously going to be the billing and the claiming. Um, you know, once this particular consultation has been done remotely, how would the practitioner claim for that? And, and is the pricing um, in the structure of medical aid uh, schemes already? Such a good point. Because pre-COVID, um, there were certainly a, quite a number of, of medical funds that had already incorporated virtual care into their schedule of benefits. Um, it really was uh, in, during lockdown that we saw a lot more of the funds come on board. Um, ICD coding became a lot more clearer. A lot of the funds uh, 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 got into uh, negotiations with a lot of the associations, increased tariffs, etc. And they really did come to the party. I mean, the other, the other entity that came to the party, and all credit to them, was the regulator. Um, our regulator within a, you know, really within a, in a couple of short weeks, made changes to our regulations, which otherwise would have probably taken a couple of years that completely removed barriers to, um, to telehealth. And, and, you know, your point is so well made because the one frustration I think that providers have had for so long is that with patients reaching out to them on WhatsApp and Zoom, etc., there's no real sustainable way for appropriate billing. Now, to be fair, not every intervention is going to be billed for. Um, there are many times my doctor is going to say to me, you know, Neil, I'm a bit concerned about what you're talking about. You need to come in and see me and maybe not charge for that. Or may just reach out and say, how are you feeling today? How's, how's things going? But, you know, under appropriate circumstances, um, that billing is so important for the practitioner. We have just integrated with a, a platform called EasyMed. Um, and, you know, our integration, we, we were quite determined that if we were going to integrate with a platform, it had to be best of breed. Uh, so we started this path about two years ago and integrated with, with EasyMed, which is a practice management system. And that allows the streamless billing um, into the medical funder. So, yeah, the medical funds have absolutely come on board. Um, they understand the need for virtual care just as much as anybody else. And, and the cost, is it similar to a regular consultation? 
So it actually depends on discipline. Some of the disciplines actually have managed to get um, the, the funds to, to pay up to 100% of, a, of an in-office um, consultation, some of the behavioral science disciplines, for example. But in general, you'll generally find that, in, that, a, that a, virtual office, a virtual care visit is about mm. 30% less. That's about 30% less in general. Um, think, but it really does depend from one practitioner to another. I think medical aides will be smiling because obviously the patient is saving money and your uh, your your medical savings will last until December and not deplete in September, as, in, as is in most cases. Um, uh, chatting to Neil Kinsley, Medici Africa CEO, and we're talking about telehealth. Uh, if there are any sort of uh, concerns about this, you can give us a call on 0214460567 or send us a voice note to 0725671567. After lockdown, when we get to level one or level two, uh, you think that this will continue as a trend? So, you know, I mean, that has probably been a, a hot topic of debate at the moment. I think we're going to see the waters recede a little bit. Um, I think we're going to see the, the, the number of consultations will, will, will reduce. There's no doubt of that. But, um, you know, we've said it a few times, I think, in the last couple of weeks. You know, the, it's going to be difficult to, to put the genie back into the bottle on this one. Um, I think the effectiveness and the efficiency of virtual care has really come to the fore. And, you know, your point is well made about medical, medical aids. You know, there's, a, there's another point around as, as well, and that is um, people are benefiting by the fact that they are not delaying care. You know, when I cannot see my doctor today, um, be, I'm going to be able to see him two or three or four days later. Very often my ailment has now got worse, and that's pushed up the cost of care. Virtual care, to a large extent, um, removes that because I'm very often able to see my doctor, at least get to chat with my doctor on that very day. So costs are, are really brought down. Yeah. Um, so I think, we, I think we're going to see some changes um, in terms of the regulations, I've got no doubt. But, you know, right now we have this tremendous opportunity to reimagine healthcare. It's not an opportunity that's going to come around again in, uh, in, a, in, in, in the short period. Um, and it's not an opportunity to be wasted. So I think that we are going to see, I think we're going to see that telemedicine is here to stay. It really is in what form. Um, I believe we're going to see it. You know, telemedicine is there to support the practitioner. We, we spend every day thinking about how do we make the lives of our practitioners better? How do we make their work-life balance better? And how do we get them to just extend care and just treat patients, which is what they study to do? Yeah. I think we're going to see a mix of digital and um, personal experience in terms of, of, of telemedicine. So I have absolutely no doubt that it's here to stay. The other point is that I've got to mention, if you look at what is happening right now in the, in the tech world, um, I mean, I was, in fact, I was just reading it today. There was, uh, there was an article in one of the, the tech, um, the clinical tech magazines that I was reading about a company in Australia called Red App. And they have just launched a, a, a piece of software that from the sound of your cough can diagnose respiratory illnesses like asthma, for mm -hmm. example. I mean, there's another company called um, Beyond Verbal. They, from just from the sound of your voice, they're able to accurately predict whether one was going to have a heart attack or not. Now, that sounds way off. It sounds like, oh, you know, 
that it, it can't exist. These, mm. these, are, uh, these have been subject to clinical trials. So these are the kind of things that we're going to be seeing going forward. Yeah. So it's exciting time then, and I think we're going to see, um, <laughs> we're just going to get better from here. Neil, it becomes difficult for utopies like us to keep uh, abreast of all of this uh, technology going around. <laughs> Chatting to the CEO of Medici Africa this evening, Neil Kinsley. Neil, very, very quickly, one of the things that I would like to touch on is mental health. Can this also be done on telehealth, telemed? So I must tell you, interestingly enough, behavioral health is probably one of the largest disciplines that we see. Because, you know, I mean, the, the examination of the patient is, um, is by talking to them. So we have, we have so many um, uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, for example. I, am, I know of a psychiatrist in the U.S. I do a lot of work in the U.S. We're based in, in, um, in Austin, in Texas. And I know of a, uh, of a psychiatrist in the U.S. who, who runs a 100% virtual practice and his thinking is that he needs to see his patients or or extend care to them on the day that they need him not the next day or the day after absolutely i mean that is probably one of the biggest users absolutely yes fantastic neil kinsley thank you so much he's the ceo of medici africa thank you for your time and thank you for enlightening us about telehealth and one of the things that i do on a daily basis both during the morning and the afternoon is that i obviously have to send my diabetic readings or take my diabetic readings and i have a diabetic educator who um you know helen says there's my diabetic educator and uh, what i do is i send her my readings and she looks at the readings and from the readings obviously you know she can see patterns over two three days and she say have you slept properly have you are you concerned are you under stress for any particular reason and stuff like that and then we have the conversation as to exactly how to go forward and you know if your readings are low what you need to do if your readings are high what you need to do so that's a, a form of telehealth if you use this, 0214460567, 0725671567.